I'm not Josh, and welcome to When Will It End, a movie podcast. And then I assume the band will play, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the band's already played, but... Um, oh, excellent. Good job, Are you guys. sure you're not Josh? I don't know. You sound just like Josh when he's doing his, his wonderful accents. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, Mary Poppins. <laughs> the worst part is, if I tried to do an American accent, I would sound like an absolute idiot. So, And Josh sounds completely British when he does his British accent. So. It's so true. Um, so true. Can you say bit of a lorry for me? Bit is of that a offensive? Yeah, oh my God. This is the best episode so far. Brilliant. If you've got like a list of things you want a British person to say, I'm happy to go through that with you. Amazing. We could just cancel the entire episode and do that instead if you want. <laughs> Ooh, I, no, I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. Let's, let's Bonus we got episode. to talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is uh, Charles and Drew. Um extraordinary musician friend of the podcast just a uh, wonderful instagram follow my this is the first time we've met and i feel like i've chatted with you for years and this I is um, a part of our little miyazaki series that yeah. started off as a joke with my friend and i think we're going to do all 11 so drew graciously is here thank you for having me yeah i'm super super excited like when you asked me if i wanted to come on and do do a Miyazaki episode I was like straight away yes and I knew exactly which episode I wanted to do I won't reveal it yet Amazing. if you don't want me to mm, no that's fine I, I don't like keeping secrets it's a I think Porco has enough secrets for everyone in the world and um I I think yeah yeah we're doing the big the big crimson pig that big, that, the big red hog himself <laughs> <laughs> why do you think English translators didn't opt for the crimson pig and went with porco rosso i don't know i mean one thing that jumped out to me is obviously the use of the word pig especially nowadays immediately makes me think of dreadful dreadful police officers and police in general Mm. so maybe they did it because of that but also porco rosso has got a certain sort of mm, like yeah yeah like classy gravitas to it absolutely like his wine he drinks the wine the wine pig drink of the wine this is what see. I watched this this film again this morning at about half six, just after I got up, because I was like, I've got to watch it again. And he was drinking this cartoon wine, and I, it's, I'm like looking at the clock, and it's five to seven, and I'm like, <laughs> I want some of that wine. <laughs> like, give me yeah. some cartoon wine. But oh. you should start um a vineyard. You, I don't know your financial situation or your love of grape, but you could start the Porco Rosso cartoon wine that would be so good it would be yeah i think it would have to be it would have to be as basic as possible because i am i'm not Mm. a rich person but hey how expensive can grapes be really yeah it's just a little um i don't know if you're doing cartoon wine too it's really just little circles so (laughs) it's just little like purple circles isn't it i've got yeah i've got felt tip pens i could do that that's fine (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i also you mentioned we like I think you're right. The Crimson Pig has too many, especially this movie is, as every Letterboxd review explains to us, it is very anti-fascist. So mm-hmm. using the word pig, but I'm really liking the Big Red Hog. What if we sort of sent a message to Disney and Miyazaki and Ghibli? Like, I think America's ready for the Big Red Hog. We are. I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm talking from a, a British perspective 
we are oh, that's always, true always ready for whatever you guys are ready for because we just have no idea what's going on over here. It's fine. <laughs> you know what? That worked really well with um, the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, so it might as well work for the big red hog too. Hey, if it works with, you know, <laughs> government-sanctioned murder, it will work with a delightful cartoon that's pig right. in an aeroplane. Britain? <laughs> As long as it's good, for, it's good for us. Yeah, I do speak with a very American um, centric worldview, and mm. that's fine. I think that's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, you can only speak from where and who you are, and you are an American mm. person living in America. I guess so. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, oh god, this isn't going to be released until probably not worth talking about. But uh, Amy and I did just watch the Mexican week. I don't know if you're a great British Bake Off fan or if that's just like an American phenomenon, but Oh no, it's big. Um, I've seen it a few times, but I've I don't keep up with it, but I do like cake, so I like in theory I'm I'm all here for it. <laughs> yeah, and did you hear about the controversy of the Mexican week? No. Oh my god. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no. What <laughs> boy. It wasn't as bad as and this is again this is this is coming out months afterwards so this is gonna be really cutting edge chatter we're having right now but um uh yeah it wasn't as bad as i could have dreamt but it still had like the first shot was noel and matt in sombreros and ponchos and just teasing us with making mexican jokes and then they did anyway and it was just yeah it was very strange that's really weird considering how popular bake-off is in the u.s You'd think that somebody right. would have fucking Googled, like, <laughs> what is racism? And, <laughs> like, right, yeah. Like, yeah, totally. That's um, so weird. I have a question for you, though. Shoot. Um, is Mexican food just not... A, like, the, them making tacos was, like, this mind-altering experience for everyone in the tent. <laughs> they were just like, what the fuck is a pico de gallo? And it was just like, dude... Do you just not have Mexican food in the UK? No, we do. We do have Mexican food in the UK, and I'm a huge fan of it. I'm a huge fan of all food, but I think what you've got to remember in the UK is that there's a large proportion of society that just sort of, if it's not just sort of a beige food with two vegetables on the side of the plate next to it, are like, what is this foreign muck? You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, and if you put if you put like L's in a word and expect it to not sound like L's, British people are going to have a problem with that. They're going to be like, well, it's pronounced, clearly it's pronounced Pico de Gallo because it's got L's in it. I mean, I can't argue with that. You can, I mean, hey, that's what we'd say. I just think it tastes delicious. But no, I, I think that there's a kind of thing with the Bake Off is like, it feels sometimes that like the things that they're seeing other than cake uh, it's like the first time that they've ever seen it. It's like they've brought a taco into this tent and Prue Lee's right. like, oh my God, what is it? It's not a cake. It's savoury and crunchy. If you want to be disgusted, um, just watch the short videos of Prue eating a taco. Oh God. Yeah. That sounds nightmarish. It doesn't, it's, not a, it's not a shining example of, um, well, I guess I won't try to make grand statements about British people from these 15 lunatics in a tent but um yeah it's it's a pretty disastrous episode so if it was a if it was like a two-way taco eat off between her and guy fieri i'm guessing the uh the guy would be yeah. taking it he's got the hunch oh, he does that like whole he assumes a sort of hunchback posture yeah and she does too it's just but she doesn't know what else to do she has the <laughs> posture right she just can't do anything she... else 
But then she's like, "This is not a little biscuit. It's not a biscuit, or it's not. It's not. It's not a full roast dinner on a Sunday. I don't know what to do with it. I can't sit down right. at the table." <laughs> yeah, is this tea? Um, yeah. So, well, I think it's worth a watch. Even if, you could just start with that episode this season. I should definitely just have a, a little. It's a little treat um, to watch them go at it. But I have a. Uh, how many times have you seen Porco Rosso this week? It sounds like you've watched it just sort of nonstop. I watched it uh, in anticipation of today. I watched it last Sunday when I had some free time. And then this week, I, I'd planned to watch it uh, one other time, but I didn't have enough time. So I watched it this morning, like literally just after I got up. And it was right. a, a really good way to start the day. Like, I don't know. It's like if I can sort of factor in an hour and a half every morning to watch a Ghibli movie before I start my day now, that might become a like a an actual part of my routine because it it was yeah it was like a a warm warm cup of coffee for my soul at the same time as mm. the coffee i was drinking through my actual mouth <laughs> wow so double double coffee, double coffee yeah to... doubly caffeinated yeah. it was incredible amazing miyazaki is a strange i haven't really watched i've told the story maybe i'll tell the story every time because i have new guests but um oh this will be wonderful a little chestnut for this series is that well, back when I was a kid, um, I ordered, I think it was like Trigun or Cowboy, not Cowboy Bebop, but it was like Trigun or Helsing or something on eBay for $5 because it was, this was like the era of bootleg DVDs. Yes. So familiar with I that was, era. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. Um, Before Somebody sent me. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got the full Miyazaki collection up to that point mm. instead of whatever I had ordered. So that was my introduction to Miyazaki was just sort of like this random gift from... I'm assuming a, a Chinese distribution company that just made illegal DVDs. Wow. So I had all of them when I was a teenager and he, no one makes movies like he does. It is, it's just like, I can't imagine watching this at six in the morning. I think it would like, it would alter your day. Like it did. It it was because it was, it was, as I got up, I had some breakfast, I smoked a cigarette, I made some coffee and I sat down and I had a, a big hearty helping of the red pig. And honestly, it was, I mean, it's, I'm going to be, there's going to be so many like cliche words popping out when you talk about Miyazaki, like dreamlike and world building. Mm. But it was like, it was mm. dreamlike world building. But the thing about Porco Rosso at the same time is it's almost like the weirdest one because it's so grounded in like it, like it's it happens it's happening in our world but there's also a pig man <laughs> like right. to me that's the weirdest thing i think that really struck me this morning of how it's got you know you have all these sort of semi-fantastic el- fantastical elements happening like the sky pirates and this that and the other but at the end of the day it's very much based in our world and there's a you know pig pig guy <laughs> and it just yeah it's yeah no one no one's no one's bothered by Pigman. Like even just no. he goes to the bank and everyone just like, do you want some war bonds? And he's like, yeah, I'm not a human. I don't need a war bond. And they're just no one's like, why? I feel like yeah, this is the weirdest part. It's not the 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 other fantastic elements. It's just that people are so acceptant of of the the hog. Mm, mm, it's and when he just casually says, "Oh, just be- I better go to Milan to get my plane fixed." It's like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah he's just going to touch down in Milan, a, pl- a place where we later on find out he's being actively pursued by the uh, like the Italian air force or the police or whatever. But he's just 
I'll just pop to Milan. Like, he doesn't... He's not bothered about seemingly being a pig. No one else is. And it, it makes it so... It's jarring, but in a really fun and a sort of interesting way. It Like, it kind of... It gets his hooks into you because it, you don't even really... There's not even any real explanation for his piggy nature until at least halfway through the film. So right. it's just... Yeah, it's just you're in a... It's a pig man and he's a bounty hunter. It's fine. He flies a cool airplane. Right. Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, looking at it again... I watched. I haven't seen this movie in years, but the pirates looked mildly pig-like. Did you see that? Did you get the... I don't know. They all had the big... Same mustache. Yes. They all wear goggles all the time. Yeah, big, yeah. And the same sort of round nose. Yeah. Right. So maybe people are just thinking this is a... Like the final iteration of a of a air pi- air pirate <laughs> is you just become full pig. <laughs> yes, you do. You spend so many so many hours off the ground consecutively, and you become you become a pig. Yeah, yeah. I think that was in Malcolm that Gladwell book. It was like if you spend ten thousand hours being an air pirate, you just become full pig. That's it. Like, no, that's, that's exactly a, yeah. It. That's exactly it. You've mastered air piracy, and now you've earned pig level. Your tail has gone all curly. You have a wonderful oh. snout. I think it's Wait, worth. Do mentioning. we see tail? I do we, don't do we think see we tail? see any. I don't think we see any of uh, of uh, of that, ah. that the hog's tail. But I think that's probably a good thing, really. You know, I, I think <laughs> if if he's dropping his trousers to the extent that you can see his tail, you're going to see the other side as well, Charles. And that's at the end of the day, it is still a family film, really. You don't need. To yeah, I guess it. so. Yeah. <laughs> He did um, admit that this this movie went off the rails desperately. So, who knows? I, maybe there is an edit, or who, maybe there's like a porn parody, the Porco Rosso this porn parody. This where... ain't Porco Rosso Triple X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the like animated weird porn movies with like <laughs> Family Guy, oh. uh, The Simpsons, Porco Rosso. It's just like, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll, whatever. Any of those are sound fun. Perfect. Um maybe the sequel. There is there was briefly I, I wanna there's an interesting interview with him, and we can talk about this more near the end when we're yeah. thinking franchise. But he is he was thinking about a sequel, and I wonder if maybe part of that sequel was that he felt like he left something out by not including the 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 tale. Yeah, he was going. He was thinking. There's the untold. We've we've seen the love that the the pig has to give, but when we need to see that that expressed physically <laughs> with his with literally with his hog. Right. He went full nose, no tail, and I think he's ready to correct that. Yeah, I mean, it's. I would have really loved to have seen a sequel to this film. I don't know if I can one hundred percent say I would love to see the Porco Rosso's. Little red rocket. Do pigs have corkscrew penises, or is that ducks? Hmm. That de- definitely ducks. De- de- um, ducks downstairs is a, a whole mess, isn't it? We're getting I mean, off topic. I, mean, I guess if, <laughs> if Josh were here, we did hang out with pigs um, a couple weeks ago. Um, Josh spent more time with the pigs, but they're very low to the ground. I think it's sort of you know, it's a little. You have to try to, unless you're a scientist. I think I'm not going to try to find out what kind of shape they no, are i think we'll, got no business being down there if you're not a veterinarian <laughs> yeah the ducks ducks definitely but no i think pigs are they seem cool mm-hmm. ducks seem insane and, and vicious so that makes sense for them but yeah i would be surprised if porco rosso had a 
a tail-shaped penis. In many ways, we'll never know, but I suppose we can always <laughs> go so. to the internet slash fic community and see. Oh, that's true. God, that must that's a wild place. Um, did you? So this is your third time watching, or second third time watching it this week. But what was your? Were you um a childhood fan? A is this? When did you become a, a fan of the Hog? Well, it's interesting actually because when you asked me which Miyazaki film I wanted to do, this yeah. is the one that sprang to mind because it's kind of even without having seen the film, I saw a very small clip of this film in a TV documentary in 1994 on BBC, on the BBC, the good old BBC. Oh, wow. That was actually one of the phrases I wanted you to say, so we can check that off. Brilliant. The there we go. When you get like a whole line, it's like a you get a bingo type situation. You win a prize. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was a, it was a documentary presented by uh, Jonathan Ross. I don't know if you or your listeners across the pond are aware of him. He's just like a TV guy. Like he's a bit okay. he's a bit annoying, but like he's think graham norton but less fun and more annoying but like he did a thing about just anime in general i think it was embarrassingly called like japanime or something like that great and it was just jonathan ross walking around like tokyo going to like shops and looking at anime laser discs and stuff and it was showed clips of of various anime films throughout and it had um obviously like Akira and I think would have been maybe Ghost in the Shell that it might have been before that but it had mm-hmm. a few clips of Porco Rosso and the thing that jumped out at me in amongst all of the sort of cyberpunk sci-fi kind of stuff was a pig flying a red <laughs> red aeroplane right from like World War One era yeah Europe. and I was yeah. like wait a minute like I, all this sort of sci-fi stuff kind of made sense because I was like that's what films do like they show you robots and like because i was into sort of sci-fi and robocop and sure. all that kind of stuff but then i saw a pig flying a plane and i was just mm. like okay this is weird and it that was really the kind of thing that made me not only it, well i didn't really realize in what any miyazaki films were until many years after i just saw the pig flying the plane and then specifically the bit where he laughs with pig laughs and you can see like all the inside of his mouth and his teeth in like Hell, yeah. grotesque detail and i was just <laughs> captured by I was like what the fuck is this like right that's the more terrifying than like weird uh, robots or mm, but like or, so but uh, like yeah, really real ward. and visceral and kind of like what the fuck like this isn't a Disney film. This isn't like, you know, The Fox and the Hound or Cinderella. Two films that my mother took me to see at the cinema when I was a small child and I was like, this is fine. But when I mm-hmm. saw that little clip of Porco Rosso, I was like, wow, there's something going on here. And like, it wasn't for many, I don't think it might would have been maybe until my mid-twenties that I first saw it. I think it would have been on maybe one of the, the TV channels that we have over here. When I finally saw it, I was I wasn't disappointed at all. It was very, very much as sort of weird, weird, so weird it's normal or so normal it's weird. I can't work out which one it is, but like, yeah, yeah, it's it stuck with okay, me. Okay, great. So you, this didn't let you down. Is this? Wait, when did you first? You first saw it in your mid twenties. I think or it would have week? been in my mid twenties. That okay. was, the, that was okay. the first time, and then I, I don't think I've seen it. Or maybe seen it once in between then and now, but this week I've watched it twice, yeah. Amazing. Well, that's so cool that the Crimson Pig clip was like a gateway Mm. 
drug scene for you to like really i don't know that's a because yeah i got into anime through cowboy bebop and Mm. sort of more traditionally sci-fi horror stuff and to sort of see pig guy as your miyazaki intro that's that's nice he's he's such a weird character i don't know that i like i don't i know i I can say with 100 percent. i do not like the crimson pig (laughs) i like the movie but he's such a weird dude (laughs) this yeah there's so much to unpack like i was watching it again this morning and there's you know there's a lot of it where i was just like oh yeah he's really this this pig i like this pig and then suddenly out of nowhere you just kind of go like no dude that's yeah he he really sucks whoa whoa now (laughs) like i'm sure we're both (laughs) thinking of the same the same thing that we'll get to but like yeah he isn't likable but Mm. i think as the film goes on you kind of understand why in a way (laughs) like he i don't know is it his guilt of surviving when his all of his friends didn't survive or is it just that middle-aged men are literally pigs like i don't don't know like i mean it's uh it is it does bring up interesting ideas about how like that generation especially of european men i'm not as i've said i'm an american you know we choose our wars Mm -hmm. in a different way um but uh yeah like having reading i read a lot of british literature over this summer a lot of ian McEwan, and it just seems like surviving world war one was almost more destructive to british society and european society than dying in world war one it just like created this whole generation of men that i don't know like the repression of porco rosso Mm. and his his like inability to express feelings and his inability to get over this trauma but not talk about it and Mm. just pretend that he's having a nice time Mm. i think that's the thing is yeah he's I've I read a lot of reviews in anticipation. Everyone's like, oh, the hero pig. And he just like, he loves flying. And it's like, this movie's about freedom and buoyancy and fighting Nazis or fascism. And it's yeah. like, this movie's about a sad fucking pig that doesn't know how to talk to people and is alone. Yeah. It's, and has come to prefer it. That is, I mean, he live, he lives on that little secluded island with his like yeah. sort of root, like his little umbrella tied to a frame and sitting drinking his wine and, and everything. And it, it is, it's like the sort of divorced... Or like you know the dad that was kicked out by the the mum because they cheated on them, and he's like, "I'm doing whatever I want now. I'm living in an apartment by myself and drinking wine, but I'm so very sad and I hate my life." You right. know what I mean? Is that yeah it has that kind of energy, but in a much more well, yeah, with the sort of supernatural pig curse thing thrown in, which just makes it like weirder, just so much weirder. Yeah. What did you t- make of the moments? There's, I think, two, maybe more. Maybe you caught more. There's a couple of moments where his human head pops back in, sort of. People are like, wait, 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 come back. Is that your human head? And he's like, no, that's my pig head. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know that Miyazaki has too much to say on depression and mm. trauma. Mm. But to me, this, like, it, this movie is distinctly about trauma mm. and mm. i don't even know if miyazaki like because i've read some interviews and he's like yeah i'm sort of the pig man yeah i don't even know if he sees how much of a shit like just how like how, how damaged and destructive this pig guy is i mean maybe that that could be a 
a generational thing, really, because I mean, I know that I don't know the exact age of of, of, of Miyazaki Sensei because I have done zero research on how old he is. To Yay! Do, but I imagine That's he's like what eighty or something like that. Sure. So maybe you know, as an as an older person, he he himself isn't able to or doesn't have the kind of mental toolkit that that younger generations have to unpack. Um, trauma and depression and mental health and stuff like that so maybe it's that's him sort of maybe maybe he sees a lot of it I, don't, I mean I don't know I'm, I'm putting words in someone else's mouth but it strikes me as a it, it feels autobiographical but I'd, in non-specific ways it's like he's just kind of going yeah middle-aged men are, are, are pigs and there's nothing I can do about it because I'm very sad and drink lots of wine or whatever like it has that kind yeah. of that sort of feel to it where there's a sadness but almost like a a a stubbornness perhaps not to not to do anything about it because of a fear of change or something like that i don't know mm-hmm. yeah so like when you see his real when the his real head or maybe it's not his real head it's his human head comes back those two times it's through talking about his feelings mm. he t- it's i think the first time is when he's telling um the girl oh theo yeah theo thanks how he um didn't die Mm. and then she's like hey is that your head and then at the end he theo kiss i honestly it's a blur you just watched it the very final moment is when he's tell me what what happens at the end well he doesn't she kiss him and he's like there's a brief like it is it's, it's so quick that i i'm struggling to kind of fully remember it as well but there's a very brief sort of flash of him as a human and then or isn't and then yeah clint's like wait a minute is yeah, that your like, human hey. head and <laughs> yeah yeah wait what sort of thing yeah and and it just but it yeah it just sort of this it's an un yeah it just he just carries on being a pig and runs off doesn't he yeah. like sort of to the to the airplane or whatever yeah he's such a little scaredy guy like no don't look at my real face i'm shot i'm scared <laughs> yeah and he only shows when he gets like kissed by a 17 year old or talks about his dead friends <laughs> and it's just like these weird moments of the, that's what miyazaki sees as a tenderness mm, is, um... mm, it's it's very strange that that there's a lot on the second viewing especially that that didn't didn't quite sit right with me the amount of like the way that theo uh, was almost like used as currency at the end or like she was the grand prize yeah. but almost had a like a oh i'm okay with it and it's like no this is definitely a a, a man that's written this <laughs> written this script right you know? like right and then the the fucking um prayer before the meal and the man's like and please god forgive me for the sin of making a woman use her hands to make an airplane yeah it's like, it's like what a, the fuck what on earth is happening yeah, the, the, the thing, it, one of the things that I loved the most was the huge uh, crowd of uh, uh, what I presume were relatives of Piccolo, the mechanic, turning mm-hmm. up to assemble uh, the pig's aeroplane. I, I was just like, again, both times I watched it this week, I was, it was outstanding. There was just some. It's delightful. Just <laughs> like it, the. Uh, it's a weird juxtaposition though, because it's it's nice to see like a very strong Theo is a very strong character who's great at making airplanes, but then there's so much conversation about like, well, you're a little girl and Mm. you know, I'm just going to hire you because I I don't know. It's like, it's everything is sort of couched in this misogyny and it's Mm. part of the movie is, I think trying to break free of it, but it's also so entrenched. It's, I don't, I couldn't quite tell where 
the movie was trying to land on that it felt yeah i was struggling with that as well and it kind of again hit me more on the second viewing this week where there was the whole yeah discussion about oh is it because i'm young or because i'm a girl that you don't trust me to make you plain and the pig's like it's both but (laughs) but you're cute (laughs) and it just feels a bit like okay you don't have to you know if you are making a point about like you know I guess, you know, as the film says, middle-aged men being, you know, quote-unquote pigs, you don't have to ladle it on so much all the time. <laughs> like, it, right. it gets to the point where it's like... Or nah. if you're going to ladle it on, make it clear, because, like, I couldn't tell if Miyazaki's like, oh, Fio is an exceptional girl because girls do stink at making airplanes, or if this is, like, a grander statement about... Because, like, Porco Rosso is our hero, and he's sort of painted as, like, a troubled person, but his worldview is good, mm. and yet he hates women. <laughs> like and it's like I don't really understand this pig it's, as a likable yeah. person. Pig, it isn't. It's it is very difficult because that's that those whole sections of the of the film, those particular sections where there's this sort of gender based discussion where I found myself sort of just cringing a little bit, thinking like, yeah, this, this does feel like a an attack like an attempt to make some sort of message but also it it's clumsily i think it's clumsily done i think they lean too much into the like look how look how men talk about women of various ages and it's like guys we know like it's fine we live in the world yeah like we see that all the time but um but i did i i did appreciate how yeah like you say how strong and uh determined theo was in all things that she was doing, like she really, really wanted to build and design the plane. Yeah. She really wanted yeah, yeah, to yeah. be directly involved with, you know, illegal bounty hunting activities and invited herself <laughs> yeah. along to sit in the aeroplane, you know, and she even had like an alibi, you know, I'll just say that I was right. kidnapped or whatever. So like, I just loved that. Like this, it's that's the thing I love about Miyazaki films is like, they do have very strong um, female characters that, doesn't feel like even though in this film the you know Theo's gender is you know brought up quite a lot it doesn't feel like generally the me the the girls or female characters in Miyazaki films are like struggling to keep up with anyone they're often like the central character and they're very sort of strong and determined and that's like a really wholesome and like fun aspect to the Miyazaki films I think which does a little bit to kind of push back against the big red hogs rampant (laughs) misogyny yeah no it's totally it's uh, like almost all of his movies before this have great female characters and it's like just it's a great example of a filmmaker who I don't know again we're putting words in his mouth and ideas but it's just like just in terms of having I think that's the whole point of having different types of storytelling, different characters, different everything is not to check boxes and make sure you're having the right percentage of characters, but just to show an example of like a powerful girl, right? Because mm. so much of our culture is dominated by powerful boys. It's just like so many of his movies have powerful girl characters and women characters. And this is just like so confusing because it has that, but then so much of like, I couldn't tell if the tragedy of, like is women the women 
so part of it is like it isn't cool that women are making this play and it's like tragic that they have to because all the men are in war mm. and maybe that does come from him being so grounded in reality for this one rather than having it take place in a fantasy land or in the middle of a, a spirit forest but just like he got really obsessed with war and he's still an old dude so maybe yeah maybe this movie is confused because he's a confused guy i was also interesting uh, i was reading well the one bit of research that i did do was i read the oh, trivia sec- i did one bit and it's a good okay. it's one it's a good one um well actually <laughs> okay. that's not really for me to say but um on the imdb trivia uh, for this film which is how you know it is viable information and definitely true yeah but um yeah miyazaki said he felt foolish making this film because he tried to make a uh, adult film for children which is an interesting quote so i was thinking about that and how like yeah there's quite a lot of sort of smoking and drinking in it there's like piracy there's like regret <laughs> you know all these kind of yeah. like adult themes, but it's a fun pig flying around in an aeroplane film. Like, yeah, I'd, it, it kind of made me think. You know, was he was he trying to squ- squish too much into into one into one sausage casing? To use a admittedly sort of poorly chosen metaphor, considering as a pig. No, I think you're totally right. Like this movie was supposed to be a just a forty five minute short film for an airplane company. Okay, and he was like, hmm, what if it were a two-hour or 90, whatever, 90-minute movie about a sad, mean pig who loves wine? He does love wine. He loves that wine. And there's a lot of drinking and then immediately getting into an aeroplane happening in this film, which I don't know. <laughs> I noticed that. That's so true. I suppose Good they are pirates, pig. so you know, it's appropriate, but can't be safe. Yeah, we actually don't know how um, you know the BAC levels for pigs, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can withstand the 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 crushed grape better than a human. You would assume. So. I mean, I would assume that this this particular he's had a lot of practice. I th- I don't think he's ever stopped drinking. If if he's he's that sad, he he seems to have a lot of that kind of wine swilling kind of sadness happening in his life. Reading his little magazine. <laughs> oh yeah, that honestly, that this movie when I first started watching it really pointed to what he's so good at and that company is so good at is. There's so much unnecessary detail, and especially with animation, you know that all of it had to be done, especially this kind where it's all hand-drawn. and Absolutely. It's so deliberate, and like they take the time to have him, like when he brings the table in with his legs, it's like such an unnecessary gesture, and it makes the world feel so real. And watching him move that way, like that's the first, and it happens in the first couple minutes of the movie, but that, like, that happens over and over again, and it's really the magic of of Miyazaki is those pointless details like that. Yeah, there's lots of like very sort of nautical specific details that I noticed like the the guy frantically doing semaphore at the beginning of the film when yeah. he's going, and it's really sort of like herky-jerky and very fast compared to everyone else and then there's the guys doing that over there like all pointing as an arrow towards Amazing. which way that yeah. and it's like it's that level of detail where you just think like you don't need to it's like a two two or three second like scene but it just adds so much like texture and sort of yeah it i don't know it just draws you in it makes you want to look at the screen and not look at your phone or out the window or whatever it's like and that's a powerful thing in this day in this day and age yeah they should put that on the box this movie looks pretty good good enough that you don't want to look out the window 
You won't want to look at your phone at all for sort of, I guess, at least an hour and a half. Sure. Yeah, and honestly, the the opening scene felt like a different movie to me. It feels like weird, and as you said, like the scene where the men turn into an arrow, and then they're like, like that's like such an old school animation thing that would never happen in real life. The girls are all like having a blast getting kidnapped by pirates. Oh my god. They're having so much fun. They were so good. Look, I, the relationship between the schoolgirls that were kidnapped and the pirate gang is priceless. The way that they don't care at all. They have zero fucks about being kidnapped and they're actually quite excited. None. And the way that yeah. the pirates have this weird sort of they all get quite maternal like, "Oh, we've kidnapped all of the kids because it would be mean to separate them." <laughs> and it's like, yeah. "Oh, guys." And the way they're poking yeah, they're... out of the plane and everything, it's very cute. It is so cute, and it felt like it's a perfect way to introduce this movie, especially given the weird nature of the middle half. It's it very strange and adults and intense. And then it ends with more flying, um, the like ugliest punching scene ever. Like the ugliest, most oh i was so repulsed by the end of this movie I was, but in like a really good way it was yeah the 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 knockdown drag out fight between curtis and and our, our crimson pig friend is brutal like it it was giving me um fight club <laughs> energy and also yeah. in duration the uh the fight scene from they live between keith david right. and rowdy roddy Piper. that kind yeah. of like just yeah will it end but they're arguing about girls, like, throughout the fight. They're like, no, she loves you. Don't say her name, you, you big mean it. And it's like, it was weird, but very brutal. <laughs> like, yeah, and I think that's sort of, again, like, I don't know what Miyazaki's trying to say, because Gina, supposedly Gina. a cool person, mm-hmm. but her whole story is just, like, I, I love the hog, and I yeah. wish he loved me. yeah. There's a parallel film happening at the same time of, as Porco Rosso of what Gina's up to. And I want to see that. That's what they should do for a sequel, what Gina was up to. Because it sounds like right. she's involved in a lot. She doesn't... Again, she's another example of female characters in this film. Like, just getting on with stuff while the dudes are all, like, being dramatic, drinking wine, feeling sad. <laughs> like, you know, you've got Gina just sort of getting stuff done, running a hotel doing yeah you she's know, badass she's got, exactly she's got that secret spy tent or exactly her, yeah and yet her biggest plot line is that she wants to um i i guess marry a pig she wants to marry uh, a flying pig yeah i mean i guess when you put it like that who wouldn't it's hard to it's hard to argue with that the flying bit alone is right. very attractive god the letterbox reviews are either Reference the I'd rather be a pig than a fascist, or well, I guess here's Miyazaki's proof that pigs can fly. (laughs) How many reviews ended with that is just, I think, but it misses the point of this movie isn't about a flying pig. To me, this movie is about a a fucking buried pig. Yeah, it's about somebody that can't move on with their life. So (laughs) shackled. Yeah, like it's and it's only occurred to me really now while we're talking about it, but. It kind of, and maybe this is because I watched the a dub of it with Michael oh. Keaton as the as, <gasps> as the pig, and uh, Carrie Elwes as uh, Curtis. Oh, I watched the 
the original so i watched it sub so this is cool you only watched it dubbed i did yeah i'm gonna i mean inevitably i'm, I'm gonna have to watch it again with the uh original audio which is how i watched it um originally um okay. when i first saw it but i wanted to watch it because i know that they often have like you know very at least decent dubs for miyazaki films but yeah michael keaton yeah. was was the uh the big red hog and carrie carrie Elwes was curtis um that's I don't perfect. Know, I don't know where I don't know where in America um, Carrie Elwes was was be, was meant to be. I was going to ask you if you'd watched the dub because I think there's one point where he says that he's from Texas, but it doesn't doesn't sound like oh, a Texan right. accent. It's a it's a very strange, amazing. <laughs> yeah, he actually is. That's another interesting part about this is that this choice. Um, I'm sure I'm, I haven't recorded the the Castle of Cagliostro episode, but like this sort of weird anime but moving it to europe but everyone's speaking japanese mm. but they're refer- and then this guy's american and he's texas but they don't have to worry about like doing a, th- a thick texan accent exactly but carrie carrie does otherwise it doesn't make sense exactly. but he, i guess he doesn't well he do. i mean it's an accent i don't know if it's a texan one <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i don't know if I'm i guess that's probably what say. <laughs> no that's probably what you say about josh and me when we do our british accent you know it's I guess it's an accent. It's but an it's accent. Probably not, doesn't, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> there are definitely phonemes coming out of a human mouth. <laughs> yeah, um, but Michael um, but, Keaton is great as 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 the pig. Like he, I gotta watch it. It is. I would reckon it's it's an interest. I mean, I think him. The, the, yeah, the fact that because Michael Keaton plays it in a quite gruff, as you would expect, and it reminded me of. Batman, because <laughs> he's got his little, of course, he's got his little layer where he hides out. He can't mm-hmm. interact with women because he's, you know, I don't know. Yes, he wishes he was dead. Wishes he was dead. He has a big punching match with somebody as strong or slightly stronger than him at the end. You know. Oh my god! Mr. Pork this Knight is... rises. <laughs> so sorry. No, that's um. I mean, you, you yeah, you should apologize for mentioning that movie. I mean, um, that's what. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's all right. We, it's, it happens to the best of us. Why do we fall, Charles? Why do we fall? That was really great. That's another one I can check off the list. You sounded just like Michael Caine, I think. Uh, that was Michael Caine. He just made a little cameo. It's just He was passing yeah. through. <laughs> Why do we fall, Master Wayne? <laughs> what is it to climb out of a big hole in Uzbekistan? That's why we fall. That's why we fall. In You know, sometimes you have to, you have to climb out of there, and then you're okay. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine... Because the I I am excited for you to rewatch this with a a, a third time with the mm. Japanese because Porco Rosso is like a big gruff like really loud his belly laughs are huge especially as you said that grotesque mouth of his and I I'm I don't think of Michael Keaton in that way so I'm curious if you said it was a little gruff but it wasn't like full beefy pig no it's it's definitely it's it's more wild boar than beef. <laughs> It's uh, got okay. a little bit of a. It's kind of down here. It's got a bit of Batman, but it's like a bit more. Obviously, not as not as gravelly and croaky as that. But like, yeah, he takes yeah. it. He takes it down. He takes it downtown, but not full. Not the full beef. Just a sort of a, a medium beef, maybe. He sticks in the porcine family. Yeah, 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 on the pork spectrum. Okay, yeah, because this like this has human like the porco roast. Whoever does it in, I guess it's um. Hmm. Maybe I'll, I'll. I probably won't pronounce that well. So whoever pl- pr- um, plays him in J- in the Japanese language is like 
he's really loud and annoying. And maybe that's another reason why I find him to be a hard character to enjoy is that he's just like, is a, he feels really brash and arrogant, but then, you know, down deep, he's just like really sad and pathetic. Interesting. Cause yeah, Michael Keaton comes across in the dub. He, I vaguely remember when I watched the, the, the original audio, the Japanese audio, how, yeah, how sort of harsh and bellowing, the pig is mm, yeah and keaton does he takes it it's more of a he sounds more gruff and grumpy like like a dad like a like a like a slightly gruff cool dad rather than a uh like howling pig man i guess howling uncle he has uncle yeah. vibes he's mm. very avuncular in this movie but not like a cool uncle <laughs> um but yeah it's um i i think overall I like this movie, but I don't, I would love maybe, I don't know if this show is big enough to get Hayo himself on the episode, but um, I would love to talk to him about like what he actually thought about this character. To me, when I watched this, I was like, I, I know I say that, I say this about every movie, but I wish Refn had directed this. I feel like he makes like a pedophilic, misogynistic, yeah. sad, depressed pig. And he somehow is like, the happy hero maybe mm. and I, I just wanted someone to be more like no this is someone we're not rooting for no this is a person that's incredibly damaged and mean and like his relationship should not be seen as something that we should emulate but something that's truly like suffering to himself and everyone around him it's it's yeah it's an uncomfortable like an uncomfortable relationship that that porco and fio have like it, it's yes it's very i don't know and i don't it's i kind of feel strange about it because a lot of the time in the film theo is very much like you know fuck you i can do whatever anyone else can do doesn't matter that i'm a, a girl or whatever but then there's like sort of 30 percent of it where she's like oh can i kiss you and like it's like, right. it's like clearly like you know male wish fulfillment like weirdness that it just doesn't Absolutely. feel jarring to the rest of the character but that I guess that's a a symptom of you know a man having written the script, written a female character, yeah. which is so often the case in in Hollywood and, and anywhere, I suppose. But but I'd be interested to see how much of uh, Miyazaki sees in himself in how much he sees in Porco, he sees in himself. If that makes sense, you know what, where the ratio is. Like, is it someone he knows? Is it him? Is it a comment on? Because the line that stood out to me the most were was all middle-aged men are pigs, which is a, you know, I think that yeah. Porco says himself. And I don't know if that's, that feels like something that, you know, someone's had screamed, well, obviously someone's had screamed at them, but like, I don't know if, if it's something that Miyazaki himself has experienced or if it's just a way that he feels perhaps about himself at the time or whatever. There's something else going on there and, and it's it's a too, too big a subject to be dealt with in the way it's dealt with in the film itself if that makes sense you know it's broader and larger than it and it's kind of only sort of scratched the surface of i suppose i think he does see i don't know if he you know who knows but he definitely was aware of what happened Mm. he talks about this movie like it was a curse and he talks about how he wanted to make something for kids and then he ended up getting so distracted by war and the fate of the world that he just got lost in it and it did end up being a movie for middle-aged... He's like, he's very... He's quoted as saying this, this is a movie for middle-aged men. Mm. And 
I guess I'm a middle-aged man. I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm not sure about either of those things. But yeah, I think um, that I'm probably the closest I've ever been. And this movie was uncomfortable. It and was. I think that is that yeah, it shows that this movie is a movie for middle-aged men because it's very uncomfortable and unaware of why it's uncomfortable. Yeah, I think absolutely the classic. Yeah, yeah, totally. The way this it's the sort of it's not only the pig himself, but the way that pretty much all male characters, with the exception of Piccolo, the Theo's grandfather, talk about women or any female characters in the film is just stupid like you know stupid sort of novel draggy misogynist like typical and i think maybe there's a i don't know the more i think about it maybe that's the point maybe it's you know this this demonstrating that yeah like here people are like this and this is what happens in the world and you get the occasional like man that's not a terrible misogynist but mostly they think that ladies can't and shouldn't build airplanes and things like that i don't know but like it definitely feels that there's some, yeah, something there. <laughs> that, that yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, but I'm, I, I do like. I think overall this movie is wonderful. That I wish. I just. I guess I wish that the gender misogyny thing could have just been thrown away because it's sort of unnecessary. We had a really good female characters. Well, we have one. I think Gina could have been really good, but basically the movie is really fascinating. The scene where he's floats like he tells a story of him flying into the sky and seeing his dad that that scene is incredible i mean and it really sticks out to me because it's throughout the film it's despite being a film about a pig flying around in an airplane and sky pirates the it's it's quite you know grounded but that one little sequence where he's sort of going into pilot heaven or whatever and he's shouting his friends that are flying past and there's like you know enemy planes that are also ascending into this like it's almost like a Saturn's ring of of like biplanes. It's so eerie Incredible. and weird. It's just and very beautiful. And that whole that whole sequence there, where he's talking about you know that whole how he how he almost died and how well I say it explains how he became a pig. He absolutely doesn't. He's just a pig. <laughs> no, now, but, but like <laughs> yeah. I went to I went to pilot heaven and now I'm a pig. But yeah. it's I don't know. It's it's made maybe it's you know. Porco or Marco to give him his was it Marco is his human name like maybe that so. maybe his poor sign nature is him carrying the regret of still being alive and not being able to have a you know a valiant death or whatever and and he's just sort of leaning into that full piggishness and making no because he makes no effort to improve himself throughout the film that's the thing like he improves his aeroplane his plane gets souped up and is you know really very like, yes amazing but he's at the end he's like i'm still a pig see you later take this small girl uh take her away from me i'm terrible i'm gonna go and fly away bye yes and i think that is such a great point because again i was reading all these reviews being like this movie's about internal change and about character growth and it's like no this character does not change that's his whole point is that he is dead inside and nothing nothing true beautiful can help him other than being in the sky. He loves flying mm. and he doesn't know how to be human anymore. The whole the whole thing at the end where he's having, you know, the, the, they've organized a dog fight with, with Curtis and he's yeah. flying around and he's trying to tire Curtis out rather than shooting the, you know, shooting Curtis in his biplane. He's, 
waiting for him to tire out and then he's going to shoot Curtis's engine, disable his plane. And, you know, he has this very, very odd sense of honour and, you know, that doesn't extend any further than the cockpit of his aeroplane to any right. anyone other than um, a man that can fly. And he f- and sort of feels, you know, almost sorry for women that have to build aeroplanes and things like that. And it's, it's a very confused... It's almost like... I don't know, it has a feeling of like a, you know, that sort of samurai nobility you often yeah. find in, 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 you know, perhaps like samurai films, but it's completely misplaced because it's in 1930s, like above the Adriatic Sea. And it's like. Yeah, totally. And it's false too, because like he's like, oh, I won't kill the pirates. I won't kill Curtis, but I'll beat the fucking shit out of him. Yeah, like knock all of his anger teeth out. and fury race based on misogyny. Mm. And that's okay because I didn't kill him. It's like it's it's totally that's like the honor it sort of just shows like it, I mean honor like that that you have to cultivate and express visually is pretty false. It doesn't mean anything and it just is another Weird thing is like, does Miyazaki think that that's actually good? Mm. Is this a a hero's journey, or is this like, does he see the hypocrisy of this pig not wanting to kill anyone, Mm. but he'll fucking destroy someone? Yeah, that's it. And you know, and and yeah, I never really thought about like that, but that's a very, very, that's a very good point. Like, hmm, what we meant to? (laughs) I mean, I'm rooting for Theo all the time. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you design that plane, you get in that cockpit, like shout at that pig like Theo yeah. has an arc and you know and it ends you know the film ends with her voiceover sort of explaining the like what happened after the the climactic right. fight and stuff so it kind of ends with with her updating you like on what everyone else has been doing and what she's been doing and it sort of almost feels like it's her film at the end and the pig just flies off to continue being a pig I love it that's the best way to read this because her, I, I think her life would have been better if she'd never met the pig, but I think she survives the destructive vortex that is the, the crimson hog and she is allowed to flourish while he just sinks back into his little sky cave. That's it. Back to his Wayne Manor or whatever, you know, his, his yeah. bat pig cave. Yeah. Poor pig. Poor pig. Um, so since this isn't a true franchise, we're doing the whole Miyazaki verse. I thought it would be fun to sort of think about the question of when will it end, not about in relationship to the other movies by Miyazaki, but really just like, if this had been franchised, would you want more? And do you have any ideas for what a sequel could bring to the Porco verse? Okay, that's interesting because I would, I would love, loved another. I, I think, I think a sequel. I think a, 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 a Crimson Pig 2 or Porco Rosso 2, Crimson Pig. It had a title. It had a title? Yeah, it's called um, Porco Rosso, The Last Sortie. The wow. Fuck? Okay, okay. <laughs> we can work with that. I mean, I would have loved I would have loved, loved a sequel. Um, as for... I mean, The Last Sortie has a very sort of final... <laughs> this is... This is this summer. Yeah. <laughs> this summer, you'll believe a pig can fly. Making bacon, yeah. etc. Like... But that's a very sort of is it is is he death wishing his way out of this mortal coil? Is he joining the joining the uh, 
the pilot heaven is his final final mission that's where he needs to be that's his his wish is not for love or connection it's to be dead he so wants to I, die in hope. battle yeah um i he did talk about it in a very weird way do you want me to read i did a little research please um, do yes i'd love to hear so that. his idea very strange he says um this is he did an interview in a magazine called cut in i think it was 2010 and he says that he's always thinking about always thinking about a tragic story of a boy <laughs> just generally um yeah just <laughs> generally it's always on his mind because a tragic boy's story is very difficult not really sure basically he read dubliners and he says he thinks boys are not blessed and I can really understand how literature of the 20th century captured the tragic characteristic of boys. I'm not thinking about a movie of a girl, is a direct quote from Miyazaki. <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes on to say, I think that I must, I think that I must think only about a movie of a boy. I do not want to make a movie if it is not a tragic story of a boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Um, so I want to escape to Porco Rosso, the last sortie. It should be interesting. It is set for the Spanish Civil War. Okay. He then ends the interview by saying, um, I had thought about the possibility of a sequel this morning, but now that I've interviewed with you, I think it's not very good and it's just a hobby of mine. <laughs> oh, oh, so close. <laughs> just more sad so boys. It's, it's so sad that a hobby of his is just fantasizing about tragic boy stories. At this point in his career. <laughs> Just, that must be exhausting. Yeah, poor, poor Hayo. Oh, I mean, I, if I was, I mean, the last sortie for me, if I was, if, if Hayo had contacted me and said, I don't think, I don't think I can do this one. I think it might be too sad. What would you, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? You're too tragic. <laughs> too tragic. These boys. Just think yeah, of the so precious boy. boys. Um, <laughs> I would like to see the pig, the pig in space, not in a Muppets pigs in space way, but like it's the or yes. at least jet propulsion. You know, maybe twenty years in the future in the in the nineteen fifties, he's he's getting <gasps> he's trying to chase that buzz of of you know those G's in the sky, and he's he's and just tragically and tragically dies by crashing into a load of boys. <laughs> I guess I don't know, like. He hits an old boy's school. Yeah. Uh, incredible that you, I can tell you're um, a fan of the podcast because we desperately want all franchises to go to space. And I, but I, I honestly, such a great idea if he were in the space race, like somehow he got hired by, maybe the Italian fascists caught up with him. He spent a lot of time in jail uh-huh. and then fled to Russia. Yes. And then got involved in their space program to fight against the capitalist um u.s space program stay on message yeah brilliant yeah. yes this could be great i think we could we'll get him on the phone and we can find an email address for him or something absolutely we can do this at least his son yeah we can goro, get, get goro on the line <laughs> uh this is amazing and we got i mean i guess to stay true to hyo's vision there must be a tragic boys i do like that he crashes into a bunch of tragic boys but i think we could probably litter the script with tragic boys here and there to really flourish and spend a lot of time in what Haya really loves is the tragic boy story. The tragedy of the tragic boy story. We could have uh, boys don't cry. 
on the soundtrack, I guess. What about Toy Story 5, Tragic Boy Story? (laughs) Yes. This ain't Tragic Boy Story Triple X. No, okay. (laughs) We're not doing that one. um, Yeah, I love this last sortie business as though, like, what a strange title, too. Like, you thought there was going to be more sorties. No, this is the last sortie. Did you know prior to this film what the word sortie meant? Nope. But now you do, and it's the last one. (laughs) It's so weird. Porco Rosso. So this really should be called, if it were actually translated correctly into English, um, Crimson Hog, colon, the final exit, I guess. Crimson Hog, the final exit. Crimson Hog 2. Yes. No more exits. This is so much better. Yes. Yeah. Crimson Hog 2. Crimson Hog Part 2. Okay, then we're back to sortie then. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Um, but are you asking when will it end? Like, would you want more from this this pig man? Or I would do you want, think this is enough? I, I think I would want another, another go round on the pig man. Just because I feel that there was more to explore that wasn't how terrified he and all the other male characters with the exception of piccolo how terrifying but even they piccolo, were piccolo even piccolo has that weird weird prayer oh um, no that's being the like, bit, isn't it yeah i'm so sorry god that i have to use a woman's hands to make airplanes right now god that was piccolo yeah it, i would yeah i yeah. would like another go round without all that in it and maybe more, <laughs> more more of the sad pig tragedy or more of just him hanging out and drinking there's a bit where, where they, yeah. the bit where they eat the spaghetti the spaghetti looked delicious by the way so you're thinking more of like a, a travel like you know when like british celebrities and american celebrities just sort of like go to different countries and hang out That's have it. some food michael palin or ewan mcgregor on a motorcycle going around india you know we could, we could yeah. do all of it it'd be that it'd be great yeah get him in the skies above some cool landmarks have him try the local food yeah, We're that rolling out. It's like Guy Fieri in an aeroplane. Biplane oh, Fieri. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am also not asking when will it end. I think there's so much in this movie and it's beautiful. So when it works, it works really well. And, and the story that isn't talked about enough could like they just scratch the surface in a good way. Get rid of all the weird fucking gender shit and just focus on this sad pig and maybe i don't need him to be solved i don't need him to be healed i just wish that his character were a little more like the filmmakers were acceptant that he's a fucking awful pig Mm. and i want a movie where that's sort of more like if you're going to give him such a dark backstory and a current trauma that he's holding on to like yeah that's there's so much to explore especially in space Mm, yeah, space is the perfect place to do that because there's nothing else there. It's empty. It's ready to be filled with the tragic boy story. Exactly. <laughs> a constellation of tragic boys <laughs> lighted up the night sky with a pig. <laughs> um, a, tr- a wonderful vision. It's beautiful. Do you have an MVP selected? Did you find one across this journey we took today? Or I've got a. I've kind of got a. A conditional, not conditional MVP. I've kind of got two. My heart, my head is telling me Theo because mm-hmm. great character. But my heart is is wants me to select the fourteen schoolgirls that were kidnapped by the <laughs> pirates at the start because I just was so delighted by how little they were afraid by these. It felt that the pirates were more afraid of them than they were of the pirates. Yes. 
And when they crash landed in the aeroplane and all the schoolgirls started jumping into the sea from the plane and said, yeah. it's okay, mister, we're part of a swim club and all just swam off and we're perfectly right. happy. Yeah, I don't even... The pirates couldn't swim, it seemed like. They were just like... They were more prepared for this outing than their kidnappers. It, it was... I can't tell you which to choose, your heart or your head. Um, that's up to you, but I agree with both of them. And I'm going to go uh, with my heart. I'm going to go with the with the with the fifteen fifteen sassy schoolgirls that gave the pirates incredible. a load of shit. They were, they were brilliant. I honestly, I I'll choose Fio, despite the weirdness, despite um, uh, old pig man talking about her ass pretty consistently for a good twenty minutes of the yeah, movie. Yeah, how big it was. I don't know yeah, about that. It was weird. Very weird. Mm. <laughs> Um, she rules. She built a new plane for an awful man, and she survives and goes and has hopefully a cool life where she can at least be respected a little bit. Now I don't know. She has to go back to Italy though, so it doesn't sound like her odds are good at being respected. That's it. Really good food though, so swings around. Yeah, about, that's true. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, this was a really nice rewatch. It was way more interesting than I remember it being, and I um. It made me uh, uncomfortable, transported, delighted. Mm. Um, I just I went through so many emotions watching this movie. I agree, I agree entirely. Yeah, very much a, a worth a watch, and I would urge urge listeners to watch it again if you haven't watched it with the dub. Watch it with the dub because Michael Keaton and Carrie always do a great job. All the all the all the a- a voice actors in in the dub are great. It's a real real good one, especially the the older ladies in the. Uh, contingent of, of women that are building the plane cool. are particularly delightful i think at one point one of them starts coming onto the uh the pig pretty hard and he's like what what and it's uh yeah it's very well acted and i enjoyed it a lot oh great i'll have to do that i i'm excited for that mm. absolutely well great thanks so much this was um a, a real treat um is is there anything that i i listened to I haven't dived into your music enough, but the little that I've listened to has been really great. Oh, thank um, for you. Anyone. So I don't know if you have any, if you wanted to share that part of your life or just keep oh, it as yeah. a, a little bit guest. I mean, yeah, seeing people... as I'm here, I might as well. <laughs> I mean, I do, I make uh, loud, uh, psychedelic, harsh noise music uh, under the name Black Cloud Summoner, and you can find me on Bandcamp and Instagram. Um, and in the wild of you know Nottingham playing gigs at venues uh, and also I have uh, just released a zine which you can buy I think I gave you the link you could chuck that in the mm-hmm. show notes if you were so inclined yep. you can have a Absolutely. look at that yeah. all these links are going to be in the episode notes wonderful and uh, yeah just have a look and see see if there's anything you like if not fuck you I guess yeah, amazing yeah, I agree. Fuck you. Come yeah, on. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, super talented. Really great. And um, a really lovely guest. It was oh, wonderful thank you so to... much for having me. And um, Josh, I mean, we'll see. If Josh continues with his current behavior, mm. I might be in touch. Yeah. You sound just like him and um, you're just as insightful. You listen to me. I do. You, I'm, yeah. here. I'm here. It's I will nice. hold space for you, Charles. I'm thank listening. You. Always. <laughs> um well maybe uh maybe we'll talk after this too because um some people have dropped out so if you're interested in doing a second episode in the miyazaki verse absolutely yeah yeah? that'd be great 
Um, so I guess next up, I should have done a little research, but um, next week we'll be going to. Do you know? Do you know um, what was after Porco Rosso? Oh, I don't. Let me see if I can... Was it uh, Princess Mononoke next? Maybe it's Princess Mononoke next. Yeah, I think so. Let me have a look on the IMDb. Yeah. I'm on Wikipedia, and unfortunately, I just need his list of movies. And all our listeners are screaming right now because they what know... What are you doing? Um, hmm? Let's see. I think it is. I'm probably just going to have to edit this out. This is so bad. <laughs> Hey, it's fine. It's <laughs> Princess Mononoke is next. So I don't know who I have for that yet, but um, that's right now. It's my favorite. Um, sorry, Porco, you did not uh, beat out Princess Mononoke, but you have similar vibes, and I love that you exist. He's hard. He's a hard pig to love, but yeah, there's a lot in the film to love, and it's a lovely film in general. I think I apart c- from the win, that's. <laughs> That is a great way to put it. Um, Thanks again, Drew. It was uh, really lovely to chat and have you on the show. Thank you very much. Bye.